Now, the one thing we have to watch out for this morning is me telling way too many stories, so I really need to stick to my notes. It is great to have you all here this morning um, to our 20th anniversary. Uh, you know, I have to tell one quick story as these guys are leaving the stage because they're so good. We first started the church, um, we didn't really have a full band, so we had like a little cassette tape. And you put, you know, you pushed it, and they had some music in the background. And one time we had someone we were playing the harmonica, and the tape slowed down. And so the tape was slowing down. The guy was playing the harmonica. It was like, uh, I thought, Holy Spirit of God, please speak through me. I gotta, I gotta save this one. Um, it was just, it just, so now I sit up here and I just listen, and I'm just so excited. But um, we started um, actually uh, on January 9th, 2000. A group of people felt called of God to plant a church called Grace Chapel. And I, I remember when we first decided to plant the church, um, Deb and I had our dreamland in Lebanon. It was on Hart Road in Lebanon, five and a half acres. And we were, oh, we're going to build this, we'll do that. And uh, when we decided to start Grace Chapel, we sold that land so that we could make sure we had a salary. We weren't sure how we were going to pay ourselves in planting a church. Uh, how many people would show up, if there'd be enough resources there to actually pay someone full time. So we sold it. And we have these projectors here, but our first projectors and all the supplies and stuff we put on our credit card. So uh, we stepped Stepped out in faith and beyond faith with that credit card, um, and we started out in uh, Loveland High School. Some of you were there in Loveland High School. Loved it there. I loved the experience in Loveland High School. And then we went on to Hopewell Elementary in Westchester. We were there for about a year. Um, I loved it there as well. The only thing with Hopewell Elementary, if you remember, that they didn't have air conditioning um, in, that, in that room that we were in. And, and so the summertime, it got, got a little ugly in there. And then uh, finally we moved to this building, to Mason, in, uh, in 2002. Uh, we rented this building for about a year, and then we were able to purchase the entire campus in 2003. So we started really renovating everything in 2003. And the heart that we had in starting this church was to challenge a group of people to live with relentless passion for God. That was it. I mean, it was how do we, how can we pull together a group of people who will be serious about their faith and, and serious enough to, to do crazy things for God when He calls us to do them? We wanted to, we wanted to, to raise up a generation of people who, who, who dreamed without limitations. They weren't limited by their own thoughts, but they went beyond their own thoughts. We wanted a campus, from the very beginning we had this campus, we wanted to, uh, to build a campus, a new model for church for the 21st century. And you know what's really amazing, as I was processing through it the last month or so, we've actually accomplished that over the last 20 years. We've accomplished that. Um, we've done it. Churches... Churches now are being planted 
And churches are, are really borrowing from the things that we're doing here on our campus, whether it's inner city churches who are, who are being planted and they're saying, they've seen our campus, our business tree campus, and they've said, how are we going to be able, how are we going to be able to support ourselves starting a church in, in maybe downtown Cincinnati or some of the areas around there? And, and what they're finding is that they build business trees along with their church from the very beginning. They can help fund the ministry of their church and it's working. Even megachurches are coming in and we do tours with pastors from megachurches and they're seeing what we're doing here and they're taking some of those ideas back to their church and implementing them within their church to help fund the mission of their church. Seminaries and Christian universities are teaching this model that we have here at Grace Chapel in their classes to their students. So when they leave, if they go on the mission field, they can maybe go to Europe and start a church in Europe. And instead of just starting a church and hoping it's all going to work out, they're able to go with the idea of what if we started some businesses around us that help fund the church until we were large enough to be on our own. And we're helping churches do that all around the world. So that vision has become a reality. We, from the very beginning, wanted to awaken a people's, awaken a people's imagination, ignite their passion, and unleash their purpose. From the oldest to the youngest, we wanted to plan a church that believed in Ephesians 3.20. That really believed it, that God could do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine. That was our heart. That was our passion. That was what we desired to do. Now, I believe that we constantly bit off more than we can chew. I think everyone who's been around for a long time would say, yep, we have. But we just chewed harder. We bit off more than we could chew. You know, and you say, well, maybe we shouldn't have. You know, sometimes ready fire aims a good thing. You know, you can't, you can't go in planning the whole thing out. It doesn't work that way. So we put off more than we can chew, but we chewed harder. We were told early on that we never find property in Mason, um, and we did. We were told that um, we should not have purchased this whole campus, this manufacturing plant, because you're too young as a church, and you don't have the resources to renovate 40-something thousand square feet of all these buildings and all that needed to be done. But you know what I've learned over the last 20 years? It doesn't just take money, a lot of money, to build a healthy church. It takes people who have a desire. It takes people with heart in order to accomplish what God has called them to accomplish. And one of the things I'm, I'm most proud of, of our church, is that if you look around this, this whole entire campus, we have done most of the work. This, out here, the building, the painting of the building, the wood on the side, all of those things were designed and most of them were done by the people in this church. We built this church we sweat from taking, remember, if many of you remember, just, you know, we were kind of vagabonds going from place to place and had to set up and take down, and it really never stopped. We have worked and worked and worked to accomplish all these things that God has given the strength, God has, God has given us the power to accomplish all these things, and that is one of the things I'm most proud of. How much we've come together as the body of Christ. We, we, through God's power, built this place. It wasn't just hiring people out to do all the work. We did so much of the work. I, you know, recently even, I don't embarrass you, Chris, but all the lighting that has gone in here, 
And, you know, if you were here for the Christmas program, all the things that we can do now with lighting and, you know, we, Chris put that together. Yeah. Amen. Now, you know, we have to buy materials, but when someone spends weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of their own time to put it in, that's why we're able to accomplish what we're able to accomplish, because people love this church and they've sacrificed to make it the best that it can be. We were told that we would never, never uh, build successful businesses in third world countries, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, and from day one... Um, from the very first day, taking care of those who could not take care of themselves was, was a part of our DNA. We never, one of the things I love about our church and I love about you is we never really focus just on ourselves. You know, we want to take care of each other in the body of Christ, but beyond that, it wasn't looking to do extravagant things with, within this campus. We did the best we could and we worked hard, but we always gave more away. We tried to, we, our vision that we are a global community of Christ followers, awakening imagination, igniting passion, and unleashing purpose. A global community of Christ followers, which means the people in Nigeria and Mexico and all the people that we invest in, they're a part of our church. And so we've invested in them, not just invested in our own kingdom here in Mason. And because we we really had a heart for taking care of those who couldn't take care of themselves, we founded, this church founded Self-Sustaining Enterprises in 2002 with a vision to build businesses. We call them business trees. We take the, we run them like a businessman, but also like a ministry, and we release the funds. We take the funds and we invest it in developing countries and in places around our city where people are in need. We build those business trees. We built those so that we can fund our ministry vision. Since then, Grace Chapel has helped lead the way in marketplace ministry in in the United States and around the world. We've helped lead the way and move that forward. One of our elders, Chuck Proudfit, um, started At Work on Purpose. It was birthed out of Grace Chapel in 2002 and has now become the largest citywide marketplace ministry in the country. And probably if it's in our country, it's probably in the world. We've incubated... We've accelerated, we've turned around, we've inspired business trees in our own community, in our city, in our nation, and around the world. In 20 years, the amount of things that we've done, the footprint that we've been able to to make to impact the lives of people who don't know Christ has been tremendous. And I think we should be very, very proud of that. Those business trees have created jobs. They've created income for, for ministries that maybe we've never heard of, but they've created income for those ministries. And they've, they've saved, literally saved people's lives. Self-sustaining enterprises has started 25 business trees, donating $140,000 to ministry just in 2019. Okay, not ever, but just in 2019, creating, we have 70 jobs that we've created right now. That's just the jobs we've created, not the, not the kind of satellite jobs that have been created around that. 
And that doesn't include the the business trees that we've inspired other people to build and the jobs they've created and all those kinds of things. Grace Chapel has become a national and a global model for the marketplace ministry movement. And I'm telling you, it is transforming people's lives. We're taking back what belongs to God. We're impacting people's lives. We have never as a church, and I'm not, I'm not saying I have never, we, we, have, we have never shied away from a challenge. And I believe because of that, God has blessed us. So let's take a look back for a few minutes. The music. There's, I think there's sound that goes... over here. It was a little, it was a decent sized office right over here in the corner. 
And we had the bright idea to have Jeff, Jeff Seaman bring in his red Toyota. And we were going to, you know, there's the, the brain trust in this church is sometimes totally amazing. And uh, we were going to bring Jeff's truck in. We did bring it into the building. We drove it in the front door there. And we said, let's get this chain. We, we hooked the chain to his, the back of his truck and we hooked it to the building. And we were just going to, you were going to yank that building down. That makes sense. This little Toyota truck. And we yanked the chain snap and everybody scattered. And it was like, all right, now it's our next idea. So we put our brains together. The, you can tell there's a lot of P&G people here, not a lot of construction guys, okay? And, uh, <laughs> because the next idea was, okay, now, we, now we're going to, we, we, we pulled it apart and there was two beams holding the, the thing up. And they said, and this is, I, and I went along. And they said, you stand underneath it with about four other people and hold it like this. And then we'll kick the two sides out. You keep holding it. And the count of three, you drop it. Okay? Have you ever been with people in the count of three? The count of two, half the people are gone. The other guy's taking a step back and you're holding it. It falls on you. And as I'm standing underneath this thing, I can hear the Holy Spirit of God speaking to me. McFly! McFly! Get out from underneath the building! This is not your destiny! pray about this. No, I said, can we stop for a moment? Uh, I'd like to get out from underneath this before you pick those things out and come up with a better idea. And this is the amazing thing. All we did was kick those things out and it fell. Why we had to stand underneath them for any reason, I have absolutely no idea.
God's best. If we have the courage to take hold of all that God has for us in the future, together, together, we will spend the next five years seeing and experiencing things that we could have never imagined in our lives. about Grace. That was fun, wasn't it? That was really fun. You got to see all the pictures out there. Um, they're just a lot of fun as well. But one of the things that has really um, uh, been a part of Grace Chapel is being innovative, kind of outside of the box. And our latest uh, comes from our pastor, Kevin. So Kevin, where are you, buddy? Uh, Kevin's going to come up. And I, I know he, it was a couple weeks ago, Kevin shared about this new ministry, Luke 5. But um, so many things have happened in the last couple weeks. I wanted him to give an update to what God is doing. Yeah, I know uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we brought Debbie Rosen up here. We talked about Luke 5 Ministries. Jeff talked about uh, earlier that we, from the get-go of the church, we've, we help those who, take, who can't help themselves. Well, this is a, a new twist on this. We hike with those who can't hike themselves. Hmm. And um, you can watch the video while you're, ta- while you're listening to me. Um, this video is really uh, special to me because it was our first collaborat- collaborative junk uh, outing that we did in conjunction with another entity, which was kind of cool. So this was in conjunction with Butler County Regional uh, Park System. 
That's big because they have asked us to be a part of their programming for uh, for the summer. So we're going to pick a couple of days, two or three days, where they're going to blast out to their whole you know databases or whatever, and we're going to line people up all day long to take people on hikes that can't hike themselves. Every single day, I get emails and calls from around our city, organizations around the country, literally organizations, because they've heard of what we do. We haven't even started yet. We've, <laughs> we're just in the beginning phases of this. It's already getting crazy. Those of you who've been in the church world for a long, long time may remember the name Johnny Erickson. Uh, she was the uh, young woman back in the 80s, dove into a pool, hit her head on the <clears throat> bottom of the pool, is now quadriplegic, but learned how to paint with her mouth. And um, she has created this worldwide ministry to families with kids with disabilities. We have people in our, in our church, actually, that, uh, that are part of that organization. Well, uh, all across the country, they do camps and retreats for families with kids with, dis- with uh, disabilities. And they have reached out to us to say, would you please, we have tried and tried and tried over the years to figure out how we can get those kids out into nature and out into the woods. But there's just been no way to do that until you just called us. Hmm. And I could tell the lady was almost misty-eyed over the phone. She said, we have been tr- we've been waiting for this for years. Would you please, please, please? So this summer, uh, late June, we're going to be putting together an adult mission trip. I would like to get 8, 10, 12 of you. And we're going to go to Alabama to two of these camps and all day long just take kids on hikes. Um, Cincinnati Parks Department has got a hold of me. REI, the store, is wanting to partner with us. Um, the story has gotten really, really big, really, really fast. And like I said, we haven't even started yet. And so uh, out there, just come talk to me. I, we need to build a, an enormous database of people willing to help push, pull, uh, be the helpers. I call them ch- Sherpas. We need a massive scholarship fund because we're going to fund, we're going to offer these outings for free. And we want to fund them through a scholarship fund. Come when the weather breaks, this is just going to explode. And we're going to absolutely fill the calendar with more than we can handle. And I want to be able to say yes to every single uh, thing. So we need lots of people. We need lots of money. Uh, we need lots of organization. Uh, DAV, that's, a, that's another one. You got me hooked up. That's a whole other population, disabled American vets. Mm-hmm. The thousands of them in our region, the thousands of adults with disabilities, the thousands of kids with disabilities, and we're going to be able to hike with those who can't hike themselves, mm-hmm. and it's really, really exciting already. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. And then we, we have the Easter egg hunt for the kids. That's going to be, you know, so they're going to, I guarantee your calendar gets filled up when that Easter egg hunts over for those kids. Uh, um, James 1.27 says, Religion that our God and Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, right? And to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. To look after orphans and widows. And what he's talking about there is specifically, yes, orphans and widows. But he's talking about people who are not able to defend themselves. Um, years ago, we had an opportunity, I had an opportunity to sit down and talk to some of our children about the vision that we had for the future. I'll show you that. And they can sell the honey. And so if we get, if you, if we get some, we raise some money, we can buy beekeeper things in November. If we, have, if we buy chickens for a family and say they have 10 chickens, do you know how many 10 chickens, can, how many eggs they can lay? 
That was a long time ago. So what have we done since then? Well, we've drilled over 180 uh, boreholes, uh, servicing over 200,000 people and saving. When I say saving lives, I've seen, I mean saving a multitude um, countless lives. I'm going to show you these pictures and kind of walk through it. This is when we were in Nigeria drilling these boreholes. Um, it's been amazing. They have a, all the villages that we, where we drill the boreholes, they now have a water summit. And the, and the chiefs tell stories that are just miraculous. For instance, in every village, there is a story of a little boy or girl going out at night to get the water with their buckets, the big wells with the buckets, and pulling it out and then falling in. And every village has stories of children dying because they drown before anybody finds out they're missing. Um, they also have, uh, the, the chief was saying that diseases that would sweep through the village every single year, as far back as they have history, that they can remember that these diseases would sweep through the village and kill many children and elderly people. He said, that doesn't happen anymore because we have clean water. Girls don't have to walk five miles to get water anymore. And you think, oh, that's a bummer having to walk five miles. Not only a bummer, it's dangerous. Okay, you get young girls walking for five miles and groups of guys knowing their trail, if you will, knowing where they're going, and they take their lives into their hands, or at least it's extremely dangerous for them. They can go to school now because instead of spending all that time walking to, for water to get for their, uh, for their families, they don't have to do that anymore. They can go out their back door, get some water, and it's just transforming people's lives, that whole experience that we were able to drill all those wells. Um, we also provide medical care. Um, we started providing medical care, uh, doing surgeries. Um, we w- made sure we had an eye doctor come over and check them for that. And this is something really cool that I want to kind of share with you this morning. Never shared this before because I just got the email. The Nigeria team um, from back to back wants to do a, a medical, they want to create a medical team that would help implement malaria checks and treatment, deworming for everyone. Um, it's funny, you say deworming. Every single person in the village has worms because they cut their feet and they'll walk in bare feet and they'll go through the water and the worms will come up through their feet and the cut in their feet and get in their system. So we're going to deworm everyone. We're going to have a first aid station. We're going to do blood pressure checks. We're going to do typhoid vaccines. Um, it is very difficult. And this has stopped for the most part. The um, mortality for infants is still very, very high. So we've got to do something with that. 
But we're going to put together a whole program for Kisiup A and Kisiup B, which are the two villages that we work with. Each person will get a, a medical uh, card with results, treatments, and then give uh, and recommendations. And they'll take that card and they can have that card for their records and take it to their doctor if they need any further help. We want to put that together. And what I'd like to do, we can put, we can kick that whole program off, that whole medical program, and it won't just be coming and giving vaccines. And then you know, ten years later, you know, the kids that were born don't have vaccines. We're going to have an ongoing program. It's going to take about five. $5,000 to kick it off. And honestly, I'd like to kind of just take care of that this morning. Okay, I'd like to call them later today and say, hey, we had the $5,000 to take care of this program. Let's kick it off. Let's get it going. Because what I'm telling you is if we do this, more lives will be saved. More children will be saved. Less babies will die. So after the service, if you feel led of God, maybe to give the whole 5000 or if you want to go in with other people, we can go in together and do that. But talk to me after the service. That's something you think you would like to do. We have also educated hundreds of children. It's been amazing. Um, we have we have a, uh, a, a whole program now through back to back ministries for uh, girls homes and there's four of them girls two for the girls and two for the boys uh, where the kids can go on and get their high school education that we cover we pay for and also their college education so these kids now will be prepared to go into the world and if you think about it that's one of the big reasons why we build business trees there because even if they get a job even I mean if they go to college, if they get their master's or doctorate, there are no jobs. So we're trying to create jobs for the kids that we're ministering to. And keep going. This is the farm. We started a, uh, a self-sustaining farm, 65 acre self-sustaining farm in Nigeria. This is I'm kind of laying out the entire farm here. And on, on that farm... That's a good... You can start singing to yourself, right? On the farm, we have, uh, we have a chicken farm. And uh, the chicken farm has gotten actually so successful that we have to expand it. Every chicken that we can raise, we can sell. So we're expanding that. We have a pig farm as well. And we found out that it was too expensive to grow the pigs to full size. So now we have a multitude, if you will, of sows and some boars. And when the piglets are old enough, when they're weaned... You think you have a bad, right, moms, right? Um, when, the piglets, when the piglets are weaned, hold it, hold it right there for a second. Uh, when the piglets are weaned, we sell those, and there's a waiting list for those piglets. I talked to the kids about, I held up the fruit, and I said, we're going to grow fruit trees and nut trees. This is acres and acres of fruit and nut trees that we're growing there. You can keep going. That we're, we're growing in Nigeria. We're kind of building that up, and that creates more jobs. We're allowing people to plant crops on our property. We're trying new crops, uh, all of these things. Um, we also, hold that one second, just hold that there. What we're also doing is we just started in the development of acha processing. Acha is an ancient grain. It grows very, very well in the state that we're in here in Nigeria. And so what we do with the acha is we have jobs for people who plant it. We create jobs for people like, these are widows who are harvesting it. You can keep going. Um, 
we are able, once we get the acha processing up and running, the acha is worth ten times as much when it's processed, when, it's, when we husk it. Okay, all you have is the seed. So we're working with a gentleman in Nigeria who builds these. He has a processing plant, and he's building our processing uh, facility. And that's what it'll look like when it's finished. Hold it right there for a second. Um, this is a great opportunity for us. We're going to partner with them to create more jobs there in Nigeria. And again, I want to lay this out to you. We have farmers co-ops going on. So a farmer is growing acha, and he can sell it for a dollar, for example. When it's husked and when it's bagged, he can sell it for $10. All right? So you see the difference in the economic development that we're creating there. That, again, allows him to send his children to school. All the things that are necessary to create that. Keep going. We're also, we've, we've trained over 100 young entrepreneurs. And this is from our last trip. That's Dave Avery going through and training some of the young entrepreneurs. This is uh, Net Access. Net Access, when it hit, stop right there. Net Access is a company that we actually purchased from uh, Wycliffe Bible Translators, and we've built it up. It is now the largest internet provider for the state. It's run by a group there that we've worked together with. We own part of it. Self-sustaining enterprises bought it. And then we gave it to this group of people that we've known for, goodness, like 15 years. Strong, solid people. This tower is now, they can, they can, they can put their, um, their, all their equipment on that tower. And what we're trying to do is even expand beyond what we have now. We're the largest internet provider in the state now. We want to expand that and put more hotspots around the city. They need between five and ten thousand dollars to place all these new hotspots around the city and increase. And what they do is that that business tree helps fund the farm. And the farm is self-sustaining, but we want to keep developing it. We need more infrastructure on the farm. So we're using the resources there to build infrastructure on the farm. You can keep going. Now, this is really cool. This is the this is skip to the next one where the land there. Okay, so. Look at that. That's on top of kind of like a little mountain that we have on our property. And we own the property right there. Hold that there for a second. Uh, This is really uh, dynamic. Um, When I was there last October, I looked on that mountain. I said, wow, this has changed. When I got here, there were like mud huts and thatched roofs. And now it's like really nice housing. And he said, yeah, it's no longer a village. It's a town. Because when we moved in, people thought, well, well, if they're buying land there, maybe we should buy land there. And the, the generals bought land there and political people bought land there and expanded. And now it's become a really, really nice town. We've had an economic boom in our area with business, housing, community development, all that happening because we planted ourselves there. The land that we bought for, it was, it was worth about fifty to $60,000 when we bought there in 2004 is now worth over a million dollars. That's 65 acres worth over a million American dollars because of the development all around that area. Okay, we'll keep going. Um, Nigeria has become the second largest number of staff, in-country staff, in back-to-back ministries. 
They're the second largest. That's their new office. Okay? So you have 50, 52 staff people with back-to-back ministries in Nigeria now. And who it started with? It started with Jason and Emily, who we sent out in 2004. Just the two of them. We built that house. Started out with two people, okay, two young people, who was like, ready, fire, aim, okay, got on a plane, all right, went out there and gave their lives and sacrificed and started this ministry in Nigeria through back-to-back. And now there's 52 staff people on the ground. We have, we have doctors, we have psychiatrists, we have counselors, we have house parents, we have all these people building into the lives of our children. Not just feeding children, not just educating children, but if you've been abandoned as a child, you have all kinds of issues. And we have people there, counselors, who invest in them on a weekly basis to have their lives transformed. I'm telling you, God has done immeasurably more than all we could have ever asked or imagined. And that's what, that's what, we, that's what we constantly talk about here. And that's only in, I've shared mostly Nigeria. Because we don't have time for all the other things. But that's what God has been doing to impact the lives of people. And let me say this. All of this has happened because you believed. That's why it's happened. Because we chose to believe and not listen to all the people who said it couldn't happen, can't do it, I don't know, why would you bother? And honestly, it was, these are some of the... Establishing Nigeria was one of the hardest things we've ever done in our lives. But we were relentless. We never gave up. We got the right people on the ground. And God has transformed people's lives. And you are all a part of that. What? Special little surprise. If you could, Jeff, you could come back up here. So sometimes they give the old guys the role of being able to honor somebody that doesn't know he's going to get honored. Uh, I've had the privilege of knowing Jeff well over the life of this church. We add 10 years beyond the life of this church. Yep. So for 30 years almost, I've known this man and his family. And have been able to co-labor with him at times in ministry. And it is a real honor and a privilege this morning to be the voice of the people, if you will, as an old guy. Um, And so, Jeff, we do want to give you a distinct honor. You don't know this, but in the background, there is a compilation of people that are giving affirmations to you. That are going to be in a book form. And it's going to be moments and memories that are going to add to the videos that have been put here. But I want to take the time to read a couple that uh, were on Facebook. Some of you know this. He didn't know it. That were being compiled. One of them is mine, just because it's my words, and then I want to to read one more. They kind of give maybe a taste of our appreciation for you. So here's the first one. Many moments accumulate to form a clear and true depiction of my friend Jeff Greer and his spiritual leadership. Passion and perseverance scream out for sure from his character and experience as a pastor. However, I think I love most his ever-deepening faith in a God who is wondrous, unrestricted, and zealous for his own glory. Jeff combines this with genuine enthusiasm. You ever heard him say anything about that word before? (laughs) 
for joining with God in his supernatural work in and through the lives of others. Jeff is never hesitant to invite and inspire others to do the same. May God continue to use Jeff to create meaningful, life-changing moments in the lives of many. Secondly, this comes from Sue Knoxel. I don't know if Sue's here this morning yet. She may... Second service. Here's what Sue said. That's actually what she wrote. (laughs) 20 years ago, we watched our youth pastor blossom into a dynamic, visionary senior pastor who skillfully combined grace and truth to challenge and grow us. Jeff, 20 years later, you're still on fire for the Lord. And thankfully, he still speaks through you each and every time you preach. So many memories, but a few worth mentioning, which show the character of our fearless leader. One is Jeff making a semi-pro football team in his 40s, but having the sense to quit immediately and become the team chaplain. A second memory showing his courage and selflessness was when he rescued one of our youth from a vicious dog attack. He put his very own arm inside the dog's mouth without giving it a second thought. And this isn't fable for those of you that haven't been around here for a while. This actually happened. Grace Chapel is beyond blessed to have a senior pastor who consistently walks the talk and gives the best hugs on Sunday. Where's David? (laughs) He's challenging you, huh? Jeff shares his awesome family with us all, too. And I'm so thankful for Deb, also, who always has a listening ear and wisdom to share. Congratulations to Jeff and Deb. Looking forward to the next 20 years. I'm glad Sue placed in there a mentioning of Deb. Debbie, we appreciate you also. I'm moved because uh, Debbie's been a huge mentor in the life of my daughter who actually is crazily here from australia today to get a part of this and so we're really honored to have you guys as a team because she offers so much support and service alongside jeff and has done from day one So I'm going to get probably beat up for this, but I'm going to go off script for just a moment. Uh, we've got some gifts, and I want to present those to you from the church. But just for a moment, patience, Jen, watch me do this. All right. Um, I just think sometimes, because Jeff's so affirming and he has this mic most of the time, we don't get the mic back at him, he and Deb. So for the extroverts here, I'm only going to do this for a couple minutes, but some of you maybe can stand. I'm not going to give you a long time, but I'm going to ask you to affirm one or both of them in this way. Jeff, you are a word or phrase. Jeff and Debbie, you are a word or phrase. That's it. But many of you may have something on your heart you'd like to stay on a unique day like this. So if you have that gumption, And that extroversion, and God puts a word of encouragement and affirmation for Jeff and Debbie. Get us started. Step up. Speak loud. (laughs) 
Great job. Thank you. Best hugger. Well said. I'm actually the best hugger, but you know, I've said this to Ron probably multiple times and to, to many uh, others sitting here, especially my, my close brothers in Christ, but there's a certain type of love that Jeff has that is the closest thing that comes to Christ's love that I think I've ever seen in, in someone. So thank you, love you, appreciate you, man. You can't control pastors. You give them one word or a phrase and you get that. <laughs> Somebody else. A true apostle. A leader. A person that cuts out new paths. Just because we're thankful uh, for your work to our children, who brought us to Oak Church and to you, following you to Grace Chapel for the last 20 years. Just to appreciate you being our master and have you also as a administrator your service to our church. Great. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Hey, Ron. Ron. I need to give you the mic because you're close. Oh, God. Jeff and Deb, you change, challenge, and charge up our lives. Thank you. Well, maybe we should create a whole service to do this. Go ahead. A true shepherd to his sheep. For those who didn't hear. Yes. Honest and um, directed in his love of Christ to share for us. Thank you. One last one, right here. Visionary. What? Really? I've never seen that. Well, in that respect, that's a good last word. And I would encourage you, since we don't have time to do it all in the service, grab these folks on a special day like this. Look them in the eye and tell them what you appreciate about them today. So out from the behind, I think it's coming. Yes, here it comes. There are some gifts for you guys. Um, yeah! Now we're talking! Nice! Oh, that's nice. Excellent. In addition to that, there's a gift that actually Debbie can enjoy too. And we want to leave you with a challenge. Since you tell many fish tales and you are a visionary... We still think you've got to go further. So take a look at the thing above. This is what we need to have from you, Jeff, going forward. You see the man on the right? That's not really vision. The guy on the left is really vision. <laughs> no problem. We love you. Let me pray for our pastor and his wife, and then we'll continue on. God, thank you for Jeff and Debbie, for the unique gifting and leading 
that you've given them for 20 years. We know for sure that the call to pastoral work is filled with uh, trial, testing, difficulty, pain. And that's real. And yet you've allowed them to persevere and continue on. We also know it includes joy, amazement, the hand of God, living and active and being observed. We've got to see that even today as he's described the history and some of the things that with you, we all have been able to be a part of. Would you continue to sustain them, starting first and foremost with their own walk with you, that it would be intimate, rich, and fresh, and that out of that, they would continue to minister through and lead this church. And we pray it through Jesus. Amen. Stand with us. Um, if you have a, a memory or a, you know something you want to write, we have a wall out there, little cards that say "Share Mummy Memory," not a mermy. Share a memory. Um, write your memory on there. Clip it on the wall. And that book that he got with a bunch of um, stories and memories, we're going to put those cards in there for him. And also make sure to get your photo with the. Uh, not sure if you guys saw that cardboard cutout. Those two good-looking people down there. That was the very first service of Grace Chapel ever. We took they took that photo. So um, we're going to sing a couple more songs as we uh, close out the service. <clears throat> Uh, For the next hundred years, I I hope that we are an innovative church without compromise. Without compromise. That our goal would be to hold to the word of God always. And to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And if we do that, if we do that, we will fulfill the words of Jesus in John 14, 12. That you can do greater things than you've seen me do. That's something we can look forward to. Last thing, I brought back some acha from Nigeria. All right? It's cooking out there. If you'd like to try some, there's lots of food out there. Go try some acha. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Father, please hear our words. Thank you for everything you have done. For all the things you are going to do in this church. God, with all of our hearts, we say this with all of our hearts. May you receive all the praise and all the glory from this day and forever. That you would receive all the glory for everything that happens in this church. Because you deserve it. Thank you. Thank you for using us as your vessels to impact the lives of those around us. We love you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great, great day. Let's hang out here a little bit. The people outside are probably wanting to get in.